Now, Andrew, mm-hmm. I know you are not one. You're not really a, a movie man. Uh, no. Which is great because it leads to uh, segments on the podcast that we can discuss. Uh, two, I know you're not really a movie theater man either. No, I, I, I've recently enjoyed movie theaters more, but I still don't go very often. Do you think it's because the pandemic, because they were closed, and so like there's a little bit of novelty to going back to them? or It could have been, but I've, I found a really cool movie theater in Bakersfield. Um, they're, they're not paying me anymore, so I'm not going to tell you which one it is. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, today is National Movie Theater Day, or Cinema Day, or something like oh, that. Oh, shit. So, uh, movies are $3.00 at regal cinemas for all formats for all movies oh and yeah they, they are re-releasing some choice some choice movies one that won't get you in the theater because you hate the very idea of it spider-man no way home extended edition which spider-man is that out of the 14 guys that play spider-man right now well this is the one that got all three spider-man oh good oh good that's <laughs> the good it's raining it's the, Spider-Man. Yeah, it's the multiverse, dog. Yeah. But if I were not doing this podcast, what I could have done today, see Jaws and IMAX, dude. Ah, damn. <laughs> you know what's um, in the water? Our shark is in the water. Yeah. You know what kind of eyes he's got? <laughs> like a doll's eyes. He's got eyes like a doll. <laughs> <laughs> um. um that gets me to the theater. That that's one where I'm like, okay, man, I'd go. I've seen Jaws eight hundred times probably, but I'd go to the. I'm no, I don't think I've ever seen it in a movie theater. Is it uh, is it three dollars to watch Jaws in the IMAX? Yeah. God damn. Yeah, for today, it's three bucks. Uh, man, you moved all... to a city with an IMAX theater. Yeah, they're I'm also never doing. See you again. <laughs> they're also doing a. Showing of AEW All Out at the Maya Cinema tomorrow for twenty five bucks. The Mayan Cinema, I yeah, that Maya. closed in twenty twelve. <laughs> <laughs> nice way to go. It's eleven fourteen and he's got it. It's eleven fourteen <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> and that one's over the wall. That's God. an Aaron. <laughs> no an doubt Aaron about that one. Touch them all, I doubt. <laughs> That's an Aaron Judge like home run. You, know, you, didn't, even say, you didn't even say Mayan theater. <laughs> yeah. I said Maya theater. Yeah. Um are you gonna do that? You uh convince your your wife to to do that? Undecided as of now. because uh, the upside to buying it at home is that I am at home. And uh can't really undersell that <laughs> that aspect of it. The upside to going to the theater version is it's less money and there might be some other wrestling nerds there that I can make a community out of now that I live in a different town. Yeah, you need to make friends because um, yeah. this just isn't going to work out anymore. Um, right. and it's too far. Too far. Know? And you can. another thing is you can report to me how it went. Right, theater-wise. So I then- really hope... <laughs> I really hope all those neckbeards try to start chants and shit. Well, right now there's there have been zero tickets sold. I looked at the the oh, uh, fuck. theater layout because to see how much it costs to buy a ticket, you have to get past a couple of the screens. It won't just tell you like, hey, it's twenty bucks. Yeah. 
So then it was like, select your seat, and it's just wasted. literally any seat. <laughs> They're all mine right now. Um, fuck. I wonder if that means. I wonder if AEW has a deal with Maya Maya Theaters, or if a Maya Theaters employee was like, "Hey, you know, it'd be freaking cool. You know, it really sell out the joint." And then, um, it didn't sell out the joint. Well, I wonder, like. If it doesn't sell, I guess they don't have to buy the pay-per-view because I'm assuming what they're doing is they just buy the pay-per-view and then just project it. Yeah, that's what you do, but you have to yeah, they have to you have to pay a uh unless AEW like has terrible lawyers and there's right. like this crazy <laughs> loophole, you have to pay like an exorbitant amount. Like uh it's in the thousands to show it yeah. at some spot like that. Uh cuz I wonder well I wonder if they just do that for everything cuz I wonder if there's UFC fights that they show in the movie theater too because i know some places do that if it's yeah in city. that would be dope yeah uh, studio, well, Mo- studio movie grill in bakersfield does that and i tried to uh i was like hey would you allow me to like do that as a like a radio station promotion they're like ah we already do that i'm like fuck yeah what about wrestlemania <laughs> like, let, me <laughs> yeah. bend your, let me bend your ear about a little thing <laughs> wrestlemania ever heard of it huh yeah um so I, my question is, what movie for three dollars gets you into a theater on natural on National Cinema Day? Heavyweights. That's <laughs> definitely heavyweights. Because um, uh, you also don't uh, enjoy nostalgia because you're <laughs> because you're uh, Ebenezer Scrooge from the I'm Christmas a, Carol. I'm a, so I'm like hard hearted perma frown face ass. Yeah, because uh, part of it is going to see a movie that like I, even if i've seen it i haven't yeah. seen it in the theater and that's a different experience like i'd go see the sandlot in the theater i've like, got i've got a really like kind of uh flaccid answer top okay. gun maverick i still i still haven't seen top gun maverick <laughs> it was pretty good man yeah, for I all know. my shit talk uh it was it was pretty good i want to see it i i, yeah. I and i you know how how long i've wanted to see it since it came out <laughs> Is the, there's there hasn't been a modern movie that spent more time in the fucking theater, and I never went. Yeah, it's in the zeitgeist, man. How's uh how's you seeing the Joker working out? Oh, dude, I I I actually I think I I had it cued one day. Like I was like, yeah. uh, okay, I'm gonna do all this. I'm gonna fucking wash my my drawers, and then I'm gonna watch the Joker. Yeah, I didn't end up watching the Joker. It's been so long since you've not seen the Joker. You could watch it on TNT now, <laughs> Sunday afternoon. It's on a. It's it's on the Remember This slot on TNT. Yeah, yeah. they're so talking about used, the second one. Right, it used to be Independence Day. Now, <laughs> now it's, Joker. it's the Joker. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's Did that? What's that movie about the guy who got hit by a train, and he's like, it's it's Sandra Bullock. Oh, while you were sleeping. That it used to be while you were sleeping. Right. Now, now Joker. it's the Joker. Yeah. Society has changed, you see. A born ass Saturday afternoon. Yeah. It used to be Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> but now Joker. Yeah. The Jaws the Revenge where the shark, the premise is the shark knows who it's killing, and it's killing these people on purpose as a revenge mechanism <laughs> i fucking hate that premise it's like hey guys don't go to the water <laughs> well no the, the shark the shark's water the shark tricks you dude smart <laughs> the shark, shark. Tricks you. 
That's also the plot of Deep of Deep Blue Sea. What if we took sharks, already nature's perfect killing machine for their environment, and we made them real smart because uh, people love the raptors from Jurassic Park? Like it's the that's the exact reason. There's three tiger sharks in that movie that uh, just like there are three raptors. A shark ate him. A fucking shark ate Samuel Jackson. Oh yeah, they ate me. Yeah. <laughs> a fucking shark ate me. Uh they uh what do the sharks do to lure you into the water? They have like a, a floating a floating uh <laughs> they have a floating barbecue with like ribs. <laughs> yeah. You're just, just like, is that fucking, is somebody cooking ribs? Those those feel great. Zero interest credit card, you just have to come out to the same barge <laughs> to sign up for it. <laughs> uh, a shark with glasses on yeah. hey uh do you want to guys i'll give you this gift certificate for free cruise yeah you just gotta watch my timeshare presentation <laughs> uh, so, uh, not no. gonna eat me, are you? <laughs> at the beginning of the movie uh the guy who's supposed to be detective brody's son is like trying to there's like something wedged in the water. Brody is not okay. Yeah, I know who Brody is. Yeah, uh, smile, He's... son of a bitch guy. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. need a bigger boat guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So something is like uh, tied up in the water or something. So he has to take the police boat out there, and then the shark knows it's him, and so the shark starts ramming against the boat <laughs> to knock him out of the boat, <laughs> so the shark can eat him. <laughs> Uh, Get in here, you motherfucker! You killing yeah. my whole family, you goddamn! <laughs> yeah, really, because it it is sort of a disadvantage for the shark. He's got to get odds because he's got to get you in the water. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you moved to Missouri, that shark's got no shot. <laughs> oh so. yeah, go go um, not even a mile. Go three hundred yards inland. <laughs> yeah, the central states. That shark's revenge plan is foiled in a second. You could be eating clam chowder at the restaurant that can see the beach. And the, the, <laughs> the shark is just looking at you like, mother, you fucking, you come over here, you son of a bitch. The well, shark the problem, will die of old age just fucking scowling at you. The problem is, uh, at the beach, the shark might be able to get some sympathy from the other beach uh, creatures. <laughs> so, like, a bunch of seagulls grab just your start, ass just start bumping in bumping <laughs> yeah. you into, into the direction what the <laughs> in the direction of the water you slowly uh, stumble towards the water it has michael kane and mario van peebles in it and someone asked michael kane about it one time and he's like no i've never seen the movie by all accounts it's terrible but i have seen the beach house it bought and that is beautiful <laughs> so good uh, on michael kane mario van peebles is a real name huh yeah, Mario Van Peebles a real dude. It's not even a real dude. <laughs> Hannibal Burris reference yeah. for those for the uninitiated out there. Uh, why is that his name? I got to look up to see if that's his real name. His, that's well, a his real dad, name. Yeah, his dad was Melvin Van Peebles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of the Van Peebles family. How yeah. are these like? I mean, these are Mario Van Peebles. Mario Van Peebles pretty famous. Oh, they're from Mexico? They're Mexican? No, they look like black dudes. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I know I'm treading dangerous waters here. He <laughs> he appeared in the world, in the, in the film, Sweet Sweetback's Badass with one, two, three, four, five, six S's song. Yeah, that's like a, sha a Shaft-style exploitation. Uh, okay. Movie. 
like a black exploitation movie. Yeah, no these are black dudes. Shit. These are black dudes. He was just born yeah. in Mexico City. But Van Peebles is just a jarring last name. Cats you know what I mean? Your cats, cats are fighting. Are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> the cats are fighting. Yeah, the I don't know, man. The mom cat just gets real pissed because the one of the one of the one of her kittens is like real big compared to her, and just is also <laughs> real doofy. So just gets in her face all the time. So she'll be like, "Bap bap," just <laughs> to like just get give her the two piece in the soda. Yeah, I uh, hit him with the hiss. You know, you, so. you never want to have a, a kid that's bigger than you. <laughs> yeah, like Storm, the the baby cat, could dunk on the mom cat. Now you know, <laughs> there's a new hierarchy being established, and I don't think the mom cat enjoys that. So yeah, that uh, that's gotta be that's gotta be uh, that's gotta suck. Yeah, my my kid can now beat my ass. <laughs> Right, just by laying on me. And we're a family it's, of predators, like yeah, it's not like bunny rabbits. You got to come at them like another predator. Yeah, you know, and they all eat like the same amount of food, and they get the relatively, I imagine, the same amount of exercise. I don't know why, but one of them's just big compared yeah. to the, the other two. So, it's a so glandular it, problem. Yeah, it's a glandular <laughs> problem. It's got a, so, it's a little kitty thyroid, you know. Yeah, I'm so, in the market for a new cat, by the way. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, I want a brand yeah. new cat. Um, Just, <laughs> nothing. Shiny no, wheels. No miles on it. Yeah. No. No. I want. I want. I was. Warranty is still active. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I want. I, I want like a year old cat. Like. And I. I want to save a like a cat from a cage. Like I want to find one of those caged up cats. Yeah. Well, I would think that you'd probably want. One that's like through the chewing your shit up, uh, scratching stuff phase for yeah. the most part, um, and and that's about a year, you know. Yeah, and I, I want one that's fixed already because I don't want to be the source of this cat's trauma, you know. Sure. I want to save <laughs> it from be, the bad yeah. people who who took him to the 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 hospital, you know. Yeah, you want to be the avenging angel. You don't want to be the. Exactly. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it to be like, I'll never take you to get cut open. And I'd be like, yeah, I know, I it. know, I love you so much. Yeah, that's an easy way. Uh, now, by the way, well, only one cat, the mom cat, retreated from this situation. <laughs> I'm so going, only... fuck you, I'm going away. Yeah, so now there's only one cat on the bed. Okay. Queen of the domain. She is, that cat is one. Yeah. Um, I was going to try to transition to uh, something here. Speaking of a broad, uh, a larger than uh, what you would expect for its. Uh... No, nope, can't make no. it. Dusty uh, Rhodes. Spe- spe- speaking of a cool cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking of somebody who's definitely not a jive turkey. <laughs> uh, you want to was... hit that theme song? Yeah.
Welcome to Smart Marks, everybody. I think I said Smart Marks. Smart Marks. <laughs> we are wrestling. Re- God damn. <laughs> we are we are a wrestling retrospective podcast from the Central Valley of California. I'm Andrew. That's Dusty. Uh, he's you know he knows a lot more about wrestling than I do. Uh, follow us on the social media uh, at Snark Marks Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Dusty's on Twitter at Snark Marks D. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Idell. Probably follow the Instagram because I'm trying to pump up the numbers. Uh, check out our back catalog. Our uh, our first episode we talk about the history of wrestling and how we know each other, and also uh, listen to our long shits uh, with um, we did 1997 in wrestling Vince Russo. Uh, the invasion angle. I feel like I'm missing one long one. Uh, WWF 1989. 1989. I forgot about that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, featuring literally was featuring featuring yeah the man. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, uh, pretty soon we are are one one thing we're gonna do soon is uh the Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair rivalry. Um, because I I asked for it because. I want to see Peak Dusty and Peak Rick, and they happen to clash at the time. Yeah. So, um, but in the meantime, we're gonna learn a bit about Dusty Rhodes. We watched two documentaries. Uh, the second one was pretty much the first one. Yeah, I didn't really know that. Yeah, because um, I don't recall. I like uh, yeah. Obviously, I think I've seen both of these documentaries, but I didn't watch them back to back. And so I was thinking there are two separate uh, things to glean from the two documentaries. But uh, if you want to learn about Dusty Rhodes, really just watch the one documentary. Um, yeah, which is the American Dream, the Dusty Rhodes story on Peacock. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one to watch. Uh, we also watched uh, Dusty Rhodes celebrating the dream also on Peacock, which is uh, kind of the in memoriam thing that they made after he died, which is Basically, the first one cut up a bunch, uh, but with some, there's some new interviews. Like it's not worth it, but it's it's there there. It wasn't completely all repackaged stuff, which almost made it worse because I couldn't skip it. Right. Well, and also because the celebrating the dreams like 52 minutes, and the American Dream story is like an hour and 24 minutes. So it's yeah. really not <laughs> you're not saving really any time. Uh, in either case, I mean the Dusty Road story. Goes a little more in depth, so that's the one that I would recommend. Probably, yeah, yeah, me, um, me too. Um, and I have a student, I have a student teacher one, Andrew. Uh, if you want this week, I thought you have, a, one. You have a what? Like, like uh, the comparison for the student teacher. Oh, okay, one. yes. Uh, I'm Kevin Costner from Bull Durham. You're Tim Robbins. I'm Nuclelouche. Yeah, you're the you're the Loosh. That's actually uh, yeah, that's a really good one. You're Crash yeah. Davis. I'm Nuclear Loosh. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, a, wearing... I'm a little bit over it, but I was you know I was there for ten days. <laughs> I was yeah, I, I'm yeah. wearing my girlfriend's underwear and uh, trying to breathe through my eyelids. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't seen Bull Durham, by the way, that's uh, a great movie. Do, go ahead and do that. That's a great movie. I want you to throw this next one at the mascot. <laughs> Not even. What would I say? My rank in the consensus rankings, you think top three baseball movies? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think it's number two for me. Uh, uh, I think uh, Field of Dreams is number one. Bull Durham's number two. Yeah, and then the Sandlot. I don't know. <laughs> Little Big League. The Sandlot was good. Yeah, dude, I might like Little Big League more than I like the Sandlot. Yeah. The Sandlot's really good. It's just like very, very of the time. 
Yeah. Rookie um, of the year. Man, there are a lot of movies about kids playing baseball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Major League. All, Major all League in the mid-90s. Oh, Major League. That's probably number three for me. He's saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. Just for that line alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's 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 some really good ones. Like even the kind of corny ass for love of the game with Kevin Costner is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the Major natural. League Two is good. The natural. Yeah. Dude, Major League Three, surprisingly good. Is that Watched back to the up. minors? Yeah, watched it on TBS. And <laughs> one of those Sunday afternoon hazes was just like, well, I guess. That is a Sunday afternoon ass movie. Yeah. Um, it baseball really lends good. itself to really good movies, man. Well, I think it's Moneyball. Moneyball's good. I think it might be the easiest one to translate to film because it's a lot of like, there's a lot of stationary action also. Because like yeah. basketball's in transit, football is boring on to watch in a movie because it's like every play you have to reset the thing. Unless you're watching the replacements. Yeah. <laughs> or the any, water boy. any given Sunday. I haven't movie. seen that one. Then the oh, guy got his eyeball popped out of that. In that that movie's movie. fucking nuts, dude. Al Pacino as the head coach and full crazy Pacino mode. Wow, you're my yeah. pullback. <laughs> yeah. The worst Pacino get... of all time. I did, I did not. We gotta I get didn't... a we got to get a first down. What's, what's worse, my Pacino or Big Show's Dusty Rhodes? <laughs> I think Big Show thinks he's doing a good Dusty Rhodes. Big Show's here. Dusty Rhodes is so bad. Yeah. And it's like Dusty Rhodes is like one of the like easier uh, impressions to impressions do. Impressions to do. And Big Show's list, is so Maria, Maria Menounos had a better. Uh, oh, oh, boy. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. We'll get to that. Um, all right. So. Yeah, I thought we should watch the Dusty Rhodes story just as sort of a primer uh, because the Dusty Rhodes story is interesting and also it gives us a better look at territory style wrestling and is a primer for the Ric Flair Dusty Rhodes feud. So we don't just go into the matches cold. Now we know a little bit more. Yeah, and especially like I know, obviously, like I know Dusty Rhodes. I know that Dusty's like on the short list. He's 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 one of the greatest ever. Um, I love the work that we've seen, and it's just mostly the WWE work, if not exclusively the WWE work, except for his mic mic work on WCW, which yeah. was legendary. Yeah. They plundered. They, they are plundering. <laughs> he repertained repr- him. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to repertain with him. <laughs> He's soliloquating. <laughs> uh, he even does a little bit of that in this documentary. Like he's He's very fluid on the mic in his speech, and then so he'll just throw – a non sequitur phrase that doesn't belong there uh, at the end of it. I also love that he's, he's like a huge Dusty Rhodes fan, which I love. Um, Yeah. It's like the beastie boys, the beastie boys, uh, the best beastie boy songs are about how cool the beastie boys are. Yeah. So so Dusty was born in the 1940s. Yeah. With, and and of course I wrote this down. Of course, Dusty was born with an affliction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh he was born right after we beat those Germans. <laughs> yeah. He, right he, after we knocked those Nazis back. Uh he, October eleventh, nineteen forty five. He had what what was called gimp hip <laughs> when he was born. No, he, yeah. he apparently had like no cartilage in his hip or some shit. He's like it's just bone on bone, Daddy. Yeah, uh, I so... think it's osteo colitis, maybe. Osteochondritis, I believe. Is what yeah. something like that. Um yeah, his knee, his hip was fucked, and he 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 had braces on his legs, like uh, like goddamn Forrest Gump. Yep. And uh, he just one day decided to start walking. I love <laughs> I love the people 
who believe that they beat their affliction but like you know what i was just sick of it you know yeah. <laughs> I, I decided like, i wasn't I was like, gonna i wasn't gonna be on crutches anymore i, I no longer I have wasn't. cancer <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like uh imagining all the shit he did and all the time he spent riding in cars and all the wrestling and stuff if your hip is just bone on but that has to suck so bad oh like, yeah i wonder like, i wonder if he did a lot of pills yeah, or if he had a hip replacement later on. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, I also, it's adorable. He thought his dad was the greatest plumber there ever was. <laughs> I mean, prove him wrong. And it's you true. Fight, you gonna fight Dusty about it? And I'm, I certainly am not. That guy's got a purple yeah. forehead. <laughs> he was born Virgil Runnels, but his dad loved baseball, and there was a baseball player nicknamed Dusty Rhodes. Uh, and so his nickname from the time he was born was Dusty. Again, I will point out, I remain the only true Dusty. So, uh, on the birth certificate, no Dustins here, no Virgils to be found here. Fight him straight for up, it. Straight up Dusty. Ah, uh, he could have it. <laughs> I'm not trying to get bionic elbowed <laughs> in the Omni Daddy. Uh, so, out in public, if you will. So, um, if you will. I'm so sweet. <laughs> uh, of course, he talks about growing up just dirt dirt ass poor the poorest texas person you could imagine yeah uh, and i believe him you know i relatively like you know i think i grew up poor generally unless you're very affluent i imagine there are degrees to poorness but i believe that he was probably pretty poor growing yeah, up. yeah probably i mean he's probably yeah. a dad a dad was a plumber and mom didn't work because that's just yeah. how it worked back then and he had to work uh, with his pops he was a he was a <laughs> He, he he stopped short of saying I was I was his bitch I was the plumber's bitch because he's like <laughs> yeah, I wasn't he was... exactly an apprentice or a helper or anything like that but I did what they needed me to do. <laughs> no, he dug ditches. I dug. Yeah, he's like I, I was yeah. a ditch digger. Because <laughs> there's a the plumber's apprentice is the guy who's learning from the plumber to then himself become a plumber, not Dusty Rhodes. Dusty he was a star. Yeah, uh, and he used to go, of course, to Texas wrestling every Friday night. I go out with my daddy, we get Texas ch chicken fried steak, he <laughs> cashes check, and we go watch Texas wrestling. And... How much fun does that sound? Except oh, man. For when you, you realize that that Texas arena didn't have any goddamn air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, then we think back to the Sportatorium documentary, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, right, it's hot as fuck in there. Yeah, but I bet I bet it was sick. Like, I uh, I love listening to all the wrestlers when the, it's the first time they saw wrestling. They're like, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Like, yeah, he's like... <laughs> It's like you could do this as a job, like a yeah. real job. Yeah. Uh, Fuck and... me, a plumber. What are you doing, daddy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, why can't you do a flying head, says the daddy? <laughs> so, uh, of course, wrestling's plentiful in Texas. There's uh, Joe Blanchard's territory, the Funk's territory, and world class. Uh, so, the I like the story that Dusty tells at the beginning where he's uh he used to beat up he'd go watch wrestling on Friday night and then Saturday he'd run his own promotion where he'd just kick the shit out of his brother. Yeah. In a literal outlaw mud show. Yeah, uh, a literal outlaw mud show. <laughs> Let's see what Cornette thinks about that one. Uh, yeah. But he said he put four posts in the ground and string a hose all the way around to be the yeah. ropes. And he'd be like, I didn't know how to do that. I was kind of stupid. It, all, it always fell apart. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was a terrible promoter back then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then he ends up playing baseball because that's what his dad wanted him to do. And from his own accounts, he says that he is a pretty good baseball player. Uh, you know, who knows? 
but yeah, uh, everybody says they're a pretty good baseball player, but yeah, uh, I bet he was I, good. I like that he says he played baseball, but then he ran into some altercations yeah. <laughs> uh, and ended yeah. up going bouncing around schools and ended up at West Texas University, uh, where Million Dollar Man, Tito Santana, Stan Hansen, Tully Blanchard, and Dusty all played football. And Tori and Derry and Terry, uh, Dory and Terry Funk. Oh yeah, Dory and Terry Funk also. Yeah, so it's Fucking like insane. Rich- a rich history of uh wrestling imagine like the the local college was like john cena roman reigns seth rollins kevin owens you know what i mean like yeah um well the 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 fiend bray wyatt before he went to the bayou uh went to school in visalia for a while oh yeah he went to cos yeah he went to our local junior college i wish i could still do my impression of him i would have been the line to in and out is so damn long. <laughs> I can't believe they only have Carl's Jr. on campus. They got two malls, and one of them's a piece of shit. Uh, but one the of them, se- t- the Sequoia Mall, bro. Yeah, one of them today you can see a movie for three bucks. So, <laughs> my cellular mall doesn't have a movie theater. Kick rocks. I went and saw Pootie Tang. <laughs> I believe I went and saw the romantic comedy Hitch starring Will Smith and Kevin James. He ate and... up all that seafood and his face got hilariously swollen. <laughs> it was puffy as hell, brother. Uh, so then he starts, uh, he breaks into the business with Joe Blanchard, who's totally Blanchard's dad. And uh, he says one night he got paid $700, and that was his official retirement from football. Yeah, the <laughs> Dolphins called him the next day, and he's like, I am no longer playing professional football. <laughs> well, because you figure in the this is the early 60s or whatever, like football players didn't make shit. Especially yeah, the yeah. practice squad football players. Yeah, and so it's like it wasn't until the 80s that there started to be – 70s and 80s there started to be real money. So it's like we talked about in the offseason – You'd have to go work your regular job and then go play football. And my grandpa, my grandpa turned down a a pitching contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates because there wasn't any money in baseball, and he went and sold cars. (laughs) And uh, what did they just sign Fernando Tatis Jr. to? Oh yeah, he's making like fucking three hundred and sixty million dollars or something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, this is where we get the first big Dusty Rhodes uh, career turn. He goes to Kansas City, to the uh, territory there, and he teams up with Dick Murdoch. D- Dirty Dick Murdoch. Dirty Dick Murdoch. He had another, <laughs> do you know his other nickname? Uh, I like his other nickname. Oh, Captain Redneck? Captain Redneck, <laughs> bro. Uh, That's a good name. He's a, he's quite a fella. Yeah. Um, I believe is a what he says was a joke. He was a card carrying member of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, but, there's a lot of mention of that on his Wikipedia. I was gonna yeah. be like my my. I was gonna say I love Dick Murdoch, and then I looked at that, <laughs> and I'm 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 hearing, I hear tell, he did not like the the minorities, Mister Dick Murdoch. Um, yeah. Uh, and and I I will I will put this on record. I don't. I'm not saying I believe him, Jim Cornette says that is not true sure and he um, and he uh i only I, I didn't hear Cornette say that though the wikipedia also mentions that um right so and Cornette apparently managed him at one point i guess um but them as a team as a as a tag team 
uh, Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes seems like yeah. a, a real hoot. Yeah, they look like the same guy. They're the they same do. guy. <laughs> and so uh, they were the Texas Rednecks, and they just basically raised hell uh, in every territory, kicked the shit out of everybody, were terrible heels. Uh, and also, from what this documentary says, uh, a rambunctious sort, you know? Oh, yeah, they like to get uh, they like to get a little rowdy out, out on the town. Yeah. Uh, I also like the talking heads in this one. It's long enough ago that you still have Mean Gene. You got Bobby Heenan a little bit. Uh, the Jerry Briscoe's in it. Like, man, this is Bobby Heenan between between looking uh, like Bobby Heenan and looking like what Bobby Heenan looked like at the end. Like, yeah, this is rough. like withered Bobby Heenan. He, he he doesn't have a lot of like life in his voice. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Man, god damn it. Like cancer, you son of a yeah. bitch. Throat throat cancer. You, you take Kathy, you take Bobby Heenan. <laughs> yeah. Kathy's Dusty's you, mom. <laughs> yeah, you steal all of our all of all, all the everybody greats. we love. Yeah. <laughs> uh but it it's it just sucks, man. Like I I I don't want like I don't want to imagine Bobby Heenan having a podcast with troy conrad you know what i mean but yeah i want to i want bobby heenan to have like lived lively through the the end of his life like i understand everybody's got their like i mean there's a million people who i wish didn't get cancer but the, just like on the while we're on this topic while he was on this show it was like fuck man like it really is like the one of the shining lights of wrestling history just come, kind of just withered you know yeah uh, yeah, it's rough too because you can, you can tell the definite like falling off of a cliff as far as Bobby's health goes, and mm-hmm. it sucks to see like r- truly one of the best performers and funniest guys in wrestling history, and he's just a small like fragile guy. Yeah, and that's that sucks. And the the spark is gone from his eye. Like, um, yeah. he was still like you can tell he still enjoyed talking about wrestling, but. He was withered for sure. Anyway, yeah. um, sorry uh, for so, the, b- b- the bummer corner with Andrew Idell, but uh, yeah, Andrew Idell's hard stance, cancer, bad, not <laughs> chill. Yeah, so uh, of course Rhodes and and Dick Murdoch are best friends. They're riding up and down the towns together, getting in bar fights, doing all the shit you want to do with your best friend. Uh, and then I thought it was funny. Dusty says he woke up one day in a at a double. Uh, a double room hotel and could just see Dick Murdoch's ass uh, from underneath the covers and was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to go. I gotta how, get out of here. How gross was Dick Murdoch's ass? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, we both stink. <laughs> it's like, we, we can't, we can't continue in this way. Yeah. The center, he did. The center I, will not hold. <laughs> I've been there before where you're, you're like, you're hanging out with a friend, like a bunch. And you're like, man, if I keep doing this, I'm not doing anything with my life. Like, yeah. That's going to be bad if I keep doing this. So uh, he calls Florida to see if Florida wants him as a single. And so him and Dick Murdoch. Uh, and the whole state of Florida was like, yeah, you know what, <laughs> you can come over here. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Mike Graham, who uh, sadly uh, passed away due to suicide, hmm. is on this documentary. But on this documentary, he's looking a lot like a discount Guy Fieri to me. Uh I- I got to look up. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that's uh, the guy that was like, we wrestled right here behind me. It was the biggest yeah. match of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so his dad, Eddie Graham, ran a weekly territory in Florida. He's he's saying 
he's the first guy to think of it as a weekly territory. And they use the National Guard armories as their like network to run events. Which, which was is very brilliant. Smart. Brilliant. Yeah. Did any relation to Billy Graham? Superstar uh, Billy Graham, not the fucking evangelical. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, okay. It's possible, but I don't know. And Eddie Graham is generally considered the best booker in wrestling history. Like, is that the guy? As, is that the guy that Dusty was saying? Like, uh, nobody knows more than that guy about the wrestling business. Yeah, or was that he learned? He learned everything that he knew from Eddie Graham. That's wild. So, uh, and of course, Rhodes comes in as a heel and then turns babyface uh, because. Uh, his partner accidentally karate chopped him instead of karate chopping Mike Graham. So we got a bad news Brown situation, but yeah. it's baby, but it's baby. It turns a baby face because Dusty Rhodes is doing his own commentary over his face turn. Yeah, on TV. Well, like, I want to know the context of that. He's like, he's, I, I told myself I got to get up, Daddy, and I got to beat up four men. Yeah, because it's a, it's got something to do with pride. Yeah. <laughs> and so he drops that big elbow on, uh, on his partner in the Florida, Florida. He could have been the mayor. He could have probably been the governor at some point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, he says that Bobby Heenan calls him the hottest babyface in Florida championship wrestling history. And Bobby Heenan's like, he was so hot. It's not even red hot. He's white hot. And that <laughs> is as hot as it gets. <laughs> and, It'll get hotter uh, than white hot. Yeah. And they briefly touch on his feud with Terry Funk. Uh, cause they're both from Texas and Dusty Rhodes is talking about how it's been like 40 years and Terry won't let the shit go. Cause uh, they don't ever stop beefing. Terry don't squash a beef. <laughs> no. He's yeah. like backstage. He'll I'll give him a hug and I'll give him a kiss. But in public, every single time this yeah. son of a bitch starts running me down, like I whooped your ass thirty years ago. Yeah. I'll do it again. Yeah, and, when, and he go. He says I whooped your ass for thirty years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, come on, man. You're sixty two years old. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Terry Funk, habitual line stepper. Uh, which is not hard to believe. I if love you Terry me. Funk. Yeah. I love the idea that I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen? Um, did you ever see Mike Mike Tyson's Undisputed Truth one man show? No. Oh, dude, it's so fucking good. If you get a chance to ever like run, it's probably on HBO. Um, but it's uh, Spike Lee produced it, and this is like, okay. you know how Mike Tyson went from crazy guy with a tattoo on his face losing his mind to like respected public figure who is actually really introspective and like <laughs> nice Marijuana to talk to advocate. and all that and yeah. Yeah, I'm just steady eating fucking bags of mushrooms all day um yeah taking care of pigeons his reintroduction into civilized society or maybe his introduction into civilized society because when he was king of the world he, he had a fucking tiger and took pictures in his underwears you know yeah but um so watch Undisputed Truth. It's great. But he has okay. like a running thing where this this boxer named Mitch Green, who was a uh, he was a gangster from the from New York, uh, like a really like a real gangster from New York, um, ended up becoming a professional boxer and just would not leave Mike Tyson alone. <laughs> and every like it's just so throughout the whole thing, he'll be like, He's telling another story and he's like, and I'm hanging out outside this club and some guy, some guy comes up on a bike and he squares up to me and it's fucking Mitch Green. <laughs> like Mitch Green just would not leave Mike Tyson. He tried to, yeah. it was on site with Mitch Green and Mike Tyson. Yeah. And uh, 
it's a really funny like string of stories but that reminds that i i just love the idea of terry funk being dusty Rhodes' mitch green like yeah. dusty's hanging out somewhere at the supermarket and terry funk just starts starts a fucking <laughs> hardcore match in the middle of the supermarket. dusty you egg sucking <laughs> dog <laughs> uh, i'm gonna get you this time <laughs> yo yellow bastard uh so uh i thought this was cool we get a rundown from dusty of vince mcmahon senior who ran, of course, New York and the New York Territory, and Eddie Graham decided to come together to, like, what's the hottest <laughs> match we can make? And it's superstar Billy Graham, who's the WWF champion, versus Dusty Rhodes in Madison Square Garden. And then we get a brief, uh, we get a brief chapter with superstar Billy Graham, who says his favorite opponent of all time is Dusty Rhodes, and we get match clips of their three matches and again this is just demonstrating like the philosophy of old territory wrestling mm-hmm. like the first match ends in a count out for the title so that you do, the fans kind of get what they want dusty wins but by count out dusty's Eddie holding the belt up for yeah. until they say that he does, he didn't actually win the belt and all that and he tells and he gets on the after they announce that he's the winner by count out and not the champion he grabs the mic and goes i traveled a long way to whoop your ass superstar billy graham get your and, ass back up here <laughs> yeah and so now the fans are like oh shit dusty would have had him yeah so now we come back with the stipulation match, Texas death match. So there now there's no disqualification, no count out. And they, they beat the shit out of each other. Both guys get color. It's uh, the crowd's ravenous. The end of the match, they run into each other exhausted and superstar Billy Graham drapes one arm over dusty roads and gets the pin. So again, he keeps the belt, but you're like, Dusty, what a dusty fucking Real had him, close. man. Real close. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? And so, and this is month over month. So the first match is in September. The second match they come back and do in October. And Dusty goes to Vince Sr. and goes, there's a third match here. And if we do that match, we're going to sell this shit out. And so they do the Texas Bull Rope match, uh, which is not for the title and is essentially a strap match with the rope. Uh, but uh, holding the two guys together, and there's a bull, there's a cowbell in the center, and if you get the cowbell, you can hit your opponent with it. So, uh, and of course, another giant bloody brawl, and then Dusty Rhodes wins that one. So Dusty eventually triumphs over the heel, even though he doesn't win the belt, and that like that did giant box office business in New York, and then made Dusty an even bigger star in Florida. So it worked for both guys. Uh, for Eddie Graham and Vince Senior, I'm very interested in Superstar Billy Billy Graham. I've there is a out. documentary of Superstar Billy Graham on Peacock. I, I gotta, I gotta, uh, we gotta find the best way to do that. I, I wanna, I wanna make sure we do him right. He's still alive. Fuck yeah, yeah. seventy nine years old. That dude was jacked. <laughs> yeah, he was also one of the first like flamboyant wrestlers of that style like with the the giant muscles and the tie-dye and he also cut promos in a similar like dusty rose kind of fashion mutton uh, chops yeah mutton chops and had like a whole look and wasn't a great uh, technical wrestler per se but he was like a sports entertainer like a hulk hogan is way closer to superstar billy graham than he was like a bob backland or luthez or any of those classic 
you know wrestler wrestlers from the early from the early years i also want to i also want to see some bob backlund fucking mickey rooney looking ass motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah that i i those those matches felt like history like watching those matches felt like uh and the crowd like loved dusty Rhodes, and it's it's well, interesting because so was was his Florida was the Florida territory nationally televised or did they just know of Dusty Rose from like magazines and stuff? I think from magazines and stuff because they weren't it was still regional. But I don't know if in Florida in Florida you might, or in New York you might be able to pick up something from Florida just because it's a bigger like uh, station market or whatever. But I don't know for yeah, TV. it's very interesting because the crowd fucking loved him from the first like because they showed his entrance in the first match. Yeah. And the crowd was he popped the crowd popped huge for him. Oh, and that baby blue robe with the blue matching hat. Fuck yeah, dude. And he's 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 <laughs> doing the backward shuffle around the ring yeah. and oh man. And he also does that thing, the the clip that you put on Twitter where he goes to lock up with uh, Billy Graham and then he turns away from him. Nah, not yet. No. (laughs) And he he like goes, ooh. And and Billy Graham goes, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next, very briefly, because we'll never get enough time. There could be a five-hour documentary about him and it wouldn't be enough. Goddamn Harley Race (laughs) is in this documentary. Oh, Uh, man. Oh, Jesus. Big Harley Race guy, the Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another guy like Dennis Condry, like we talked about last week. Old guy, old timey, tough guy tattoo on the yeah. Harley Race. I want to see, I want to find like pictures of Harley Race's tattoos like up close. I bet there's a pretty lady on his arm. Yeah. Uh, and I bet they hurt like shit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so, a dragon. Yeah. Uh, and Harley Race says, you know, despite how Dusty looked, the guy could go. He could go 60 minutes in the ring. Uh, if that's what you needed. And then they show clips of Dusty beating Harley Race with a crossbody off the top, a favorite in the NWA to win the world title, uh, to capture the first of two world titles that he would beat Harley Race for. Um, and Dusty wins the title, and there's a huge celebration, and he's, of course, dedicating it in his promo to all the people that believed in him. And, you know, you can reach up and grab your American dream, whatever it is, you know. Uh, the interesting thing is Dusty's title reigns were never that long. Like people loved the run up to him winning the title, but he was never a dominant babyface champion because that's not really the structure of the NWA uh, traveling champion. So he loses the belt back to Harley Race uh, pretty quickly. But he's you know he's world champ, so you can't <laughs> can't take it away. I loved it. he was uh he was backstage and he he did Terry Funk caught a stray like he was like I'm not gonna oh. stumble over my words like Terry Funk did when he won the title I'm yep. the champion of the world like goddamn Terry Funk was like I do that sucks man I was, I was yeah. nervous you son of a bitch you son of a bitch he comes from backstage yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at ter- at Harley Race's tattoos and I'm I, I can't really like get closer to my screen because I'll lose the microphone but. I can't goddamn tell what any of these tattoos are. That's why they're all fucking Sailor Jerry. One of them kind of looks scorpiony. Yeah. I don't think it's a scorpion though. I don't know what these tattoos are. I'm gonna get one of Harley Race. Just <laughs> Harley Race's face on my shoulder, dude. The scor- the scorpion one is definitely a bird. It's definitely like a eagle or some shit. 
man, I'd love to see like a close up of that tattoo. It looks like a very interesting tattoo. If you don't, if you Google Harley race tattoos, guess what you get? Bunch of fucking Harley Davidson tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. No respect <laughs> for the one king. of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, uh, but my favorite thing, uh, I told you that I, I, D- Dusty Rhodes, a big fan of Dusty Rhodes. He said that his win over Harley Race was the biggest, uh, the biggest moment in sports history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's well. He's like, you know, people say this or that about wrestling, but when you win the world heavyweight title, that's the biggest thing that can happen in sports. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, you know. He also later on says that it, uh, his Hard Times promos may be the greatest interview ever given. <laughs> yeah, not just in wrestling; it encompasses no. every interview ever given. <laughs> Um, so then we talk about, of course, because it's an old wrestler, uh, biography, we have to do the obligatory working on the road is tough. 300 plus days a year on the grind city to city, you know, it's, uh, uh, it was tough to be the world champ. The road is fucking hard. The road is fucking tough. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Tenacious D taught us that. Um, another one of Harley races tattoos is a peacock. Just so oh, you know. Okay. That's on the, his arm, right? For the for the television network. Uh, yeah, yeah. The streaming service. Uh he was a he was ahead of his time for synergy. Yeah, it's it's on his left forearm. Uh and of course CM Punk got a uh got a, a tribute tattoo of that same peacock. Um I love to shit on CM Punk and his tattoos because some of his yeah. tattoos are fucking annoying. A pe- the Pepsi logo is just the worst thing I've ever seen. But um <laughs> uh I know he was close with Harley Race, so I'm not going to think. There's no reason to shit on that. But um. uh, Dusty met his second wife, Michelle, who's in this documentary a little bit, in 1977 after his first marriage disintegrated, uh, which was the marriage that uh, he had Dustin, his first son. Uh, that's his mom. They got divorced in, like, 1975. He meets Michelle. She goes on the road with him everywhere. She talks about... What an incorrigible guy Dusty Rose is, and uh, you know you need somebody to rein him in. Uh, and Dusty's like, I love her. I love her. She keeps up with me. She's mean. Yeah, What's she's little... she's, she's mean like a snake. I think that's yeah. what he said. <laughs> yeah, she's like a rattlesnake, baby. <laughs> I, uh, I love that because she doesn't look that mean. But I've I've seen no. I've seen a woman like that be mean. <laughs> uh, I I've dated girls where I've told my friends like she's mean. I love it. <laughs> like she's yeah. just she just makes fun of me. <laughs> Got to be a little bit mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I love these because Arn Anderson is like, <laughs> it's clearly a hey, we're talking about the business in an open way. Everyone knows that wrestling is predetermined, and Arn Anderson's still like a little bit of a carny. Like he yeah. won't let it, he won't let it go all the way. You know, he's like, yeah, the road is tough, but you know, whenever you wake up in that city and you know, there's 15,000 people there and uh, we'll get you out of bed every morning. You got the greatest job in the world, man. You go out there and be a pro wrestler. <laughs> it's like, just Listen, carny, t- carny till the end. I love know? it, man. Well, that, I mean, it's, that's all that's true. Even yeah, but it's he's fake, it's true. He doesn't yeah. say and 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 you, you just get ready to battle in legitimate competition. Anybody <laughs> could win. He didn't yep. say that. Uh, and then we get a a big segment on Dusty's promos because, of course, uh, Dusty's promos are 
what he's mainly known for. Uh, 200, I didn't know as a little boy growing up, son of, son of a plumber, that the world would fall in love with a blue-eyed 265 pounds of blue-eyed soul. <laughs> that fucking on, line, dude. dude. The, the, the way that he was saying it, too. He said it like yeah. so, like, it, it, it was like a guy giving a... a uh, it was like it was like Nixon talking to Frost. <laughs> like, yeah. like I just didn't know, son of a plumber. <laughs> I can't just. Think. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's feuding with Terry Blanchard, and he's like, "You're looking for a ten out there, Terry Blanchard? Well, I got it for you, baby. Five and five. And he holds up his fists. Yeah, because <laughs> he uh, he girls are. He's talking about. Oh, do you have it written down? The rest of it? No, no, no. Go but ahead. He's he's, he's talking about like a ten, like girl ten, and he's yeah. like, every girl's a ten to me. The fat ones, the skinny ones, the big ones. He said it. the little ones. Yeah. He's uh, and then we focus on the hard times promo, of course, um, where. After this, they didn't really do the the setup to this, which is the best part to me. Where Dusty Rhodes, uh, it's Ric Flair versus one of the Russian assassins uh, in a cage, and then the other two Russians run in, and Dusty Rhodes runs in to save Ric Flair, and then Ole and Arn Anderson run in to beat up Ric Flair or to beat up uh, Dusty Rhodes because they've got their own beef with Dusty Rhodes. And then Flair attacks Rhodes and drops a knee off the top rope on his leg and uh, quote unquote breaks his ankle in the Omni and they have to like carry him out. Uh, and there's like almost a riot. Like it's, it was crazy. Like they don't show any of that footage and that's the best part. Cause that's what fires Dusty Rhodes up. He's like, it'll never be over. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> uh, to be. No. And so he cuts the hard time promo, which is you put hard time on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You know, but there's hard times everywhere. The automaker, uh, they they give you a gold watch and they kick in the button. They say a robot took your do- your job, daddy. <laughs> uh, a computer. Oh, a computer too. Yeah, a computer took your job, daddy. The textiles. <laughs> yeah, the textile workers out there. Um, it sounds an awful lot like socialist propaganda to me, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Listen, and, and and he, which is very interesting because, well, he was siding with the Russian assassins. Yeah. Well, no, he's not with the Russians. Oh, I thought he ran in with uh, the Russians. No, he ran in to save Flair from the Russians and then Flair <laughs> double crossed him. God damn it, I love Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, the, the ultimate hustler. He counted, he counted the odds. Let, let's see. There's Russians. There's the fucking Andersons. There's Brian just Gracie. Dusty. Yeah, if I just beat up Dusty Rhodes. I'm on the I'm on the right side. Um, he also does some of that old style Benny Hinn televangelism, where he's like, "Reach your hand out, Daddy, yeah. and touch my hand." You gotta and understand, no. I'm touching your hand right now. <laughs> yeah, hands across America with Dusty Rhodes. I like <laughs> it. Completely works. Like he's he's got this entire audience, you know, like in his in his hand, like or in his back pocket. So is your cat? Is your cat? Your cat oh, sharpening hey. the claws right now. <laughs> I can hear that from Fresno, dog. Stop fucking with the blinds. <laughs> what are you doing? What's that cat's name? Storm. Oh man. Oh man. That's There's the a big, storm that's coming. The, that's the big one too. That's the big one. So uh, that's the king. Was, was just laying on the bed. I don't know what. Now you fuck the blinds up, dude. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so. so that that there's that one, and obviously the I'm down with kings and queens, 
and I've slept yeah. in alleys and dined on pork and beans. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking line, dude. I mm-hmm. hope I that's an original Dusty Rose line, right? I think so. I hope. Oh so. man, it's so good. I'm down to get funky like a monkey. They talking about bunkhouse matches. This is my bunkhouse attire. I sleep <laughs> in it. I eat in it. I get funky in it. <laughs> uh, my favorite is he's getting ready to fight Ric Flair. And he goes, it needs to be just me and you, Ric Flair. The four horsemen need to ride on another planet because I reserve the stratosphere for us. Oh, <laughs> God <man>. damn, dude. <laughs> I, dude, I want a time machine so I could give them my money. Yeah, you take my money. I'm going to Starcade. <laughs> uh, so Dusty wins the title from Flair in a cage match complete with a sweet 80s montage over some rock music. Uh at the Great American Bash, which leads nicely into the next thing, which is Dusty as a promoter and booker, uh, created the Great American Bash, created Starcade, created Halloween Havoc, created the War Games. Guess what he didn't I mean, create? What's that? Goddamn Road Wild. <laughs> nope. Suck an egg, Bischoff. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, Eric Bischoff, this is the dumbest idea I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, fucking, I mean, I he also had the bunkhouse stampede, which was kind of a stinker of an idea. But nobody bats a thousand. But the goddamn war games is one of the greatest wrestling ideas in history. <laughs> so, uh, And the Great American Bash, which is like, hey, it's the summer. We take it like a traveling circus. We, we go to all these different towns. There's like a concert, and then there's a wrestling show in a baseball stadium. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. And the name, the Great, the Great American Bash, is awesome. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> yeah. the biggest fan of Starcade, <laughs> sure. name, but the Great American Bash is an awesome uh, wrestling name. Uh, so he's the booker for... Hiccup. He's the He's the booker for a large amount of Jim Crockett's promotion success in the 80s, but they're running against Vince the whole time. And... They've got stars. They've got Flair. They got Dusty. They got Sting. They got Luger. Uh, but the management side of Jim Crockett Promotions was not handled as well. So they're in the hole. In spite of the fact that they're making a ton of money and they're running hot, they don't have any money. <clears throat> Which people blame Dusty Rhodes for. Apparently, in this documentary, he's saying, you know, people try to lay that blame on me. I don't know that I've ever really heard that. Uh, I've heard that some of Dusty's booking got stale and then it got uh, like the the momentum started to go down a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's not like he was spending all the money. So uh, accounting was really where the problem was because apparently if they had gotten like their TV contract money, which was supposed to be paid in a few months, they would have been fine. It was just in that particular moment, they didn't have any money. So they had to sell to Ted Turner. And you know what? I'm Team Dusty. I don't think they lost money because of Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> I refuse to believe that you would lose money because Dusty Rhodes is making decisions over your wrestling organization. Yeah. Screw you, uh, whoever owned it at the time. <laughs> Jim well, remember, promotion. And he said, at the end of his at the end of his first stint with WCW, he was he was did he did he shit shit on the Pizza Hut guy in this? Yeah, without uh, he really... wouldn't say his name. Yeah, yeah, all right. So uh, they bring up the Dusty finish a little bit here, which is like uh, actually an Eddie Graham finish that Dusty took. But the difference was in Florida, only the people in Florida saw it and they didn't do it that often. 
And then whenever you're running a national promotion that has pay-per-view and also like weekly television, if you do that in some of your big main events, that people are going to start to get mad because the dusty finish is the baby face is getting ready to prevail over the heel. The ref gets knocked out. The baby face wins. And then the referee either overturns the decision into a, like a disqualification or the referee gets knocked out. A second referee comes in and counts the pin. And then later they announce, Oh, that didn't actually count because the second referee was not the official referee. So it's a way to like give the people in the building the thing they want, which is the babyface victory, but not actually put the babyface over so that you can build to the next match. But you do that shit too much, and people get upset about it. So didn't, didn't they do that to Bret Hart? They, I thought it was Bret Hart that they did too, where he's he's walking off with the belt, and they're like restart the match, and he turns around and goes, "Oh, why?" <laughs> that was a time limit draw, and then they were like, "We need five more minutes to have a win." <laughs> That's what, okay. Yeah, <laughs> they've decided to restart the match. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, so this is from Dusty's Wikipedia, because I think some of the facts in this doc get sort of mixed up, which is. Uh, Dusty was fired after Starcade 88 because of a taboo on-screen bloodletting uh, laid down by Turner Broadcasting <laughs> Systems following the purchase of the company. So Turner's like, hey, we have to have less blood or you have to run it by us. And Dusty had the Road Warriors turn heel by beating the shit out of him and booking a storyline where Road Warrior Animal pulled a spike out of one of his shoulder pads and stabbed Dusty Rose in the eye with it. <laughs> In the and, eye. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they also show Robocop. <laughs> we get to see the return of Robocop. <laughs> uh, but that was in 1990. And in 1990, Dusty was in WWF already. So that's not a Dusty Rhodes idea. So, uh, you know, they're laying some shit at his feet that's not his they're, fault. They're taking some liberties. Yeah. I didn't nope. do that Robocop garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't put Robocop on to Dusty Rhodes. Uh, but in any case, they fired Dusty because he was like, look, I know what I'm doing. If the territory's down, we need a controversial angle to bring it back up. The Road Warriors beat the shit out of me and try to blind me, and then I come back. That's a, that's a hot angle, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you don't uh, try to blind a man. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Dusty tries to go back to Florida, but of course uh, the territories have all but died at that point. And so he goes to WWF, and we covered some of that. In 1989 WWF reviews, but uh, they put him in the polka dots. Bruce Pritchard uh, tries to convince everyone that they didn't do it to make fun of Dusty Rhodes and try to make him look as fat as possible by putting giant polka dots <laughs> on his on his outfits. Uh, and Dusty seems to have a pretty good uh, outlook on it. He's like, I don't care. He's like, give me the polka dots. I'll get over anyway. <laughs> He's like, they could have put me out there in a diaper, daddy, and I would have got over. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. Or a moo moo. Yeah. Uh, they give him Sapphire, so they do a little bit about Sapphire. Is she alive? Uh, no. Oh, man. She was, she was in her 50s whenever she was in WWE. Yeah, it was only like 1990. That's 30 years ago. Yeah, well, I guess in theory she could be. Yeah, it's not like 100 years ago. But no, I believe uh, Sapphire has passed on. But uh, there is some good Dusty stuff in WWF. Of course, they pair him up with the Million Dollar Man. 
uh, because that's a natural, the common man versus the million dollar man. Uh, and also against the macho king, you got the royalty versus the common man. You know, they write them, they write themselves. They gave him a sweet ass theme song drafted by me in the theme song draft. America, <laughs> dream. Uh, 1996 Sapphire died. Unfortunately, we miss you. Um, dunk, dunk, dunk. Uh, He's just a common man. That song, uh, goddamn. Uh, but uh, Jimmy Hart and JJ McGuire <laughs> getting it done, dude. Every time. I, uh, I, honestly, man, all this WWE Dusty Road stuff bums me out. Like, he did get it over. He did. Yeah, it was great. Like, I, I've enjoyed what I've watched of it. You know what I mean? That's fucking Dusty Rhodes, the American fucking dream. Like, you don't yeah. tell him what to wear. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. Well, and you know, Vince, Vince, I, is it Vince that says it? No, Dusty says, you know, Vince came up to me and said, you've, we've ran hard against each other. You were in charge of stuff. I just want you to have fun. You don't have to be in charge of anything, but they had Dusty Rhodes. Who's one of the hottest baby faces there is. And he was just a mid card baby face. Mid card ass Dusty Rhodes. Yep. How many how many guys like Daniel Bryan and Dusty Rhodes have there been that ended up just you know they were king of the world and then they're just in the mid card in WWE even though WWE doesn't have anybody as good as them at the top you know what I mean yeah oh man uh, it's you know tales old as time it's, it's, <laughs> it really is I and like I love Dusty I love the I even like the polka dots like I like it it was yeah. it was it was cool and then uh, Sapphire like all that stuff was cool and like. Uh, Sapphire turns on him and starts hanging out with the million dollar man, which is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Whenever she's holding the million dollar man's little stuffed animal or stuffed <laughs> doll in the promo and she's like hugging it, that's yeah. very funny. Uh, but that's not the best way to use dusty fucking roads. Like, yeah. you, but you know, I, I, it's just like because this is a WWE documentary, like they spent, it seems like they spent a, uh, uh, disproportionate amount of time on yeah. him and being involved with the WWE when like he was and hump, humping the air, just a bunch of video of him dancing, humping dancing the air. spinning that Billy club around and stuff. Yeah. man, he worked that Billy club. He really did. But like, yeah. I just feel like, I feel like a true dusty Rose documentary spends way more time on him in Florida and, and uh, him in the territories and yeah. a lot less time on him in WWE, but I get it, you know? Uh, he comes back to WCW in 1991 uh, as the booker for WCW. Uh, the end of his WWF run is cool because that's where Dustin starts and they get to do a little storyline together. But of course, they talk about like how difficult it is for Dustin and Dusty to coexist because the son is trying to follow the father and all of that. And uh, Vince told him, Vince told Dustin Rhodes when he left, Hey, you go leave with your dad. I'll let your dad get you over, and then I'll bring you back and make you a star. Yeah, and that's exactly what he did. That's what happened. So, yeah. yeah. Um, he comes back and he he talks about being Ron Simmons' manager, which he was, and also helping him uh, backstage to get booked at the top. Um, and I thought it was Bill Watts who decided to have Ron Simmons be the champion because Bill Watts's territory always tried to have a strong like African-American baby face on top. But so I don't know 
if they ran it together or if the documentaries muddled it up or if I is muddled Bill, it up. Is Bill Watts dead? Bill Watts, I believe, is dead, yes. Well, he can't dispute it. That's why Dusty said it. Yeah. Um, so When you die, I'm going to tell a lot of yeah. lies about you. No, uh, Bill Watts is alive. Oh, good for him. 83, killing it. Uh, and then he's, you know, involved in various storylines uh, in the early 90s in WCW and also is doing some booking. And we get to see Dusty Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, and the Nasty Boys, which brings me back to one of my favorite bits on the podcast. Andrew, who are the Nasty Boys? The Nasty Boys are Brian Knobs. And Jerry Sags. You nailed it. I'm never going to retire. (laughs) Yeah, don't retire it. I'm never going to retire it because who knows when we'll see some nasty boys again. And who knows when I'll remember. You know what I mean? My first thought was, okay, so it's not Johnny Grunge. (laughs) And uh, what's the other guy's name? Hold on. Rocco Rock. Yeah. It's not Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. No. So therefore... The public enemy. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, then we get into some Dusty and Dustin like family drama where Dustin's dating Terry Reynolds, who's a manager in WCW at the time, and Dusty isn't into it for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, they really like, and I understand why, but they don't like yeah. t- say like they're just like. Yeah, I was dating Terry. Uh, Dad didn't like that too much. And then uh, one day we were supposed to play golf. Dad drove an hour, and then I was like, I can't golf. Terry's sick. I got to go take care of her. And then we didn't talk for five years. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, which is, uh, oh, man. Uh, you know, I don't. it's hard to have opinions on stuff, but, like, I, unless there was some real reason that I'm unaware of, that seems like an overreaction to... Yeah, well, uh, the way that this documentary painted it is, like, when when I was, like, well, I still am, I guess, but, like, when I was, like, a perennially single, like, my the one, the one, the one uh, friend who who uh, stayed independent, when, when a new friend would get a girlfriend, I'd be like, well, I'm never going to see you again, you know what I mean? Right. It's almost like that. Uh, that's almost how they painted it. But it seems like there were other. Th- well, they talk about it. There were other things that were unresolved and stuff. But like, you know what I would have to do to my dad for him to not talk to me for five years? Yeah. You know what I'd have to do for my dad not to talk to me for five years? Just about be nothing. Se- yeah. Be seven years old. Ask him to come <laughs> to my birthday party. <laughs> that's. And it's been like it's been like thirty years. Yeah, an ask too big to come to a birthday party. He's like that kid is clingy. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's right. Yeah, but I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, you're one of my closest friends. You'd have to do some real heinous shit for me to be like, fuck you, bro. Fuck you I'm for five gonna... years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or like fuck you for five years. And then also now we're back and we're closer than any father and son yeah, have yeah. ever been in history. No, if you're out fucking out Duh. for that long, at least, but like yeah. by a lot of accounts, Dustin Rhodes, not the easiest guy to deal with, especially around that time. Right. I imagine dusty also not the easiest, you know, there's he's some got pride. Them, he's Texas, American dream. Texas pride, you know, all he is is pride and chicken fried steak. 
yeah, chicken fucking... fried steak. That's that's the Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> that's the Dusty that, Rhodes story. Yeah, that's his. Uh, that's his uh, at a WWE style dinner diner where you order <laughs> yeah. Yeah. chicken fried steak. Dusty yeah. Rhodes chicken fried chicken fried yeah. steak, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Texas chicken fried steak. <laughs> I don't know if there's a difference between Texas chicken fried steak and the chicken fried steak I've eaten. But I'm he... guessing it's just bigger because they're annoying. But <laughs> sure. I... uh, and then Vince uh, has Dustin come to WWF. He gets over his gold dust. Gold dust is such a weird character for 1995, 1996. And when I watch this stuff now, I'm like, man, they were really they were really going for something. Uh, and it worked. But then they had to back it off because it was. They were going too. They were trying to take it too weird, uh, and that's not going to work for 1996. But like, even now, I don't know that uh, on a mainstream wrestling show, people have trouble with a lot of the stuff. A, a real Gold Dust character, the way that it was in 1995, I don't know that people would be into it now. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I. Uh... I I liked Dustin Rhodes. Like we've talked yeah. about this before. I liked Cowboy Dustin Rhodes and that was it a bunkhouse match that we watched him in? Yeah. Yeah. I he's liked the, Cowboy Dustin Rhodes. Uh he's the natural, baby. Yeah. And yeah. uh come on. <laughs> like <laughs> come on. Almost talking like Creole like his dad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just proud of my daddy, <laughs> like that type of stuff. And then it's so interesting that he turned into gold dust. Um yeah. whose idea was gold dust? Vince and Bruce Pritchard. Really? I think. Yeah. And then they were like, they contacted Dustin Rhodes, I think, and were like, Will can you play this guy? Yeah. Do you want to be this guy? He did a heck and, of a job playing the guy. Playing yeah. Guy. He's great at it. Like, and it made him more money than he probably would have made as just Dustin Rhodes. Goldust is like, I uh, almost, almost iconic. Like, Goldust is a big character. Um, yeah. Memorable yeah. character. Yeah. He creeped me out when I was a kid playing the video game. <laughs> Yeah, he's weird. He's wearing a body, a whole gold bodysuit. I you bet know? that guy is sticky. <laughs> yeah, he seems, uh, he seems sticky. He seems like the kind of guy that David Bowie would write a song about. You know, like <laughs> gold dust creeps me fucking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then the end of the documentary is Dusty and Dustin reuniting in WCW thanks to Barry Windham. Uh, Dusty and Dustin at the end of WCW kind of get back together and Dusty's an on-screen character. They do a kiss your ass match against Flair <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett. That's J E double F J A double R E double T. Thank you. Uh, where Dusty Rhodes sticks his big fat ass that stinks apparently <laughs> right in Jeff Jarrett's face. Uh, what's funny is I didn't realize that was Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh Slabnuts era Jeff Jarrett. Uh, <laughs> don't piss him off, dude. I told you guys not to piss me off. And then the next night on Nitro, Flair's supposed to kiss Dusty's ass, and it's a donkey. And they've spray painted Dusty's ass on the donkey. And of course, uh, so the heel's funny. face is going to the donkey. Uh, he becomes he comes back to WWE for a legend night, becomes a coach at NXT, and that's really the end of that documentary, I thought really good. I mean, it's a, it's a 
it's a, a 10,000 foot view on a career that you could really spend a lot of time diving into. Uh, and like you said, they're a lot more favorable towards the WWF era stuff because it's their documentary. Uh, but I thought if you didn't know anything about Dusty Rhodes, like you now understand his place as one of the, the most important guys in wrestling history. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like I, I really want, cause the WWE docs are good, but like, maybe we've been spoiled by like the last dance and shit, but yeah. I'd like a multi-part, like three or four episode doc on guys like Dusty. Like it's tough to, to pack it all into an hour and 22 minutes, especially if you're going to spend so much time on the WWE part. Like, yeah, I think it would take a long time to really, really explain his influence in the territories and his like, just how over he was out there because we saw some of it like they were doing the i love one of my favorite thing in wrestling docs is like during territory time when they're the, they're going to the crowd and they're like who are you here to watch they're like dusty Rhodes, like all this stuff yeah. some lady um, in the crowd calls him a hunk yeah yeah that's <laughs> so why is dusty Rhodes your favorite why is dusty Rhodes your favorite because he's a hunk i uh, i like i like fat guys with purple eyes <laughs> but yeah. uh, she, uh I, I just wish I wish it was I wish we had like more uh, context like um, uh, but yeah, with with the time that they had and all that, I think they did a pretty darn good job. You got to see his personality. You got to see why people loved him um, and you got to see a little bit of in ring stuff like he could move for his size. Yeah. Like I, there's a you could I could totally see how he was a successful football player. You know, he can move. Yeah. Um, well, wrestling is still such a such an insular business and idea. Like, even if you were a third party trying to get info on wrestling, like they're, they're fucking carnies, dude. Like, there's the Ric Flair thirty for thirty. He's telling stories in that that aren't true. <laughs> like, there's no way to vet whether they're true or not. It's just he's saying them because he's a carny. Because of course he is. You know. Well, like, and speaking of Flair, like in the. I, I can't remember if this was in both documentaries because there were a lot of the same interviews in both documentaries, but there were some new ones in the second one. And when Flair was talking about Dusty and how much he loves Dusty and like where he's like, we had a lot of fun and we made a lot of money and we spent a lot of money. Yeah. It's going to be on both of our epitaphs. <laughs> like, yeah, that's on was the like, second one. And he's like, Flair's like, um, I'd like to say I was better, but I really can't say that. He's like, yeah. Dusty Rose is one of the great, like, that's maybe the most genuine I've ever seen Ric Flair. It was actually pretty touching, like the way he was talking about his friend. So yeah. um, that was uh, that was really cool. It, a little di bit of a different angle of Ric Flair, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, because like Flair talks about how he was in the locker room when, Brody, when Bruiser Brody got stabbed to death. Whatever it is factually provable that he was not because he wasn't in he wasn't in puerto rico like and he tells that that story every time he gets a chance to and i don't know if he is lying or if he's heard the account so many times or if he just believes that he was but it's like you could get the actual evidence that proves that he wasn't uh so wrestling's like no matter who does them wwe's trying to tell their narrative uh and uh, and anybody else trying to figure it out, it's got to go firsthand to who they're talking to. <laughs> and that guy is a storyteller. He's a, they're fucking actors. They're liars. Carnies. Yeah. Like they're professional liars. You know, it's not the, it's hard. And it's, it's not as well documented. It's harder to get 
because everybody does that. All documentaries have guys trying to fluff up their own shit. But like Tom Brady, you can fucking t- like, no, you didn't play in this Super Bowl. Here's here's why. Yeah. But wrestling, it's fucking weird, you know. Uh, yeah, and that's the funny thing about like if you listen to enough wrestling podcasts, especially like Cornette, you'll hear Cornette tell the same story like six different ways. Yeah, like uh, uh, and the, to the point where you start to realize, you start to you kind of point out, okay, that was probably an embellishment, or okay, that was probably yeah. you know. There's uh, yeah, there never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I do uh, that whenever I'm like trying to bust, you know, trying to crack people up with a story or whatever. Yeah, you you go a little bit further <laughs> because it's who cares if it's true if it's funny. I'm not trying to get fact checked by the New York Times or whatever. You know? Thankfully, all my stories are great. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> never told a lie. Never told a lie life. in my life. Uh, the celebrating Dusty Rhodes doc is like Andrew said. It's mostly recycled footage with a little bit of new material as far as interviews and stuff but i thought at the beginning it's funny because i i believe vince mcmahon respects dusty Rhodes and might even have loved dusty Rhodes. but at the beginning he hits us with the uh english one first college essay version of a uh, introduction where charisma is defined yeah, as ugh. blah 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 <laughs> webster's defines charisma as etc um do you think stephanie mcmahon's a real person Bro, I wish she would be because like there's certain times where she seems kind of endearing and like uh, she was good on TV sometimes when she was the bratty daughter. And like she, I think she does do good things for people in real life, but like she is so corporate. Yeah. Um, it, and I don't know. She she talked to she talked about like uh, they got to work an angle together and like Dusty was like they were going back. And, she gave no context as to what they're talking about. Yeah. in the thing and they didn't show they didn't cut it up so you don't know why she's like yeah he started smiling at me and then i walked up and i took the microphone out of his hand they they, have, they don't talk about what the promo yeah. was about and well, like what happened was she was her whole thing is like as the authority lady and we've even talked about it like she just bulldozes the baby face like yeah. she'll just say whatever. And Dusty Rhodes was going off script because he's like, I'm not gonna let somebody fucking bury me. I have the microphone. <laughs> and they had this promo where he's like not following it at all. And so she's trying to get him back onto the thing and he keeps walking away from her so that he could keep because he's trying to sell the match. Cause it's his I believe if it's the angle that I'm thinking of, it's his kids, Cody and Dustin, versus the shield. Uh and uh, the Shield are working for Stephanie and Triple H. So they did this promo, and then they did a different one where Stephanie's talking, and Dusty Rhodes put his hand in her face to get her to stop. <laughs> and that apparently pissed her way the fuck off, and then they like took Dusty off TV and all this shit. Like, so she's telling the story, but she's disingenuous in the story because she didn't love the fact that Dusty was like giving it back to her. You know, because she writes the storyline so that she can be the the baddest bitch in the room, you know, and Dusty Rose is not going <laughs> to nobody upstage the dream, you know. The dream's the baddest bitch in the room. Every room he's ever Yeah, been. every he just took a DNA test turns out he's 100% <laughs> that bitch. Uh why is Joey Styles so prominent in both of these? <clears throat> he's not in the other doc, is he? I think he's I think he well not prominent, but like I think he's like briefly at the end in the other doc too. 
he used to work for the WWF website. So I think they kind of they they throw him into these as like a, a wrestling historian sort of figure. Like kind of the almost the almost the fan perspective. Um, yeah, well, and Dusty did work a little bit in ECW in the year 2000, but it's, I like Joey Styles. Show. Yeah. So I was just very curious. And uh, did you happen to catch, because at the end of this doc, they do a bunch of uh, like people like telling story, like saying bye to Dusty and shit. And you can tell that yeah. it's a bunch of WWE people who met him once. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, Charlotte Flair was very touching, um, yeah. honestly. And then uh, there were a couple of them. There's, who was the girl in her hotel room that was like, Dusty told me I look like shit one time. So uh, oh, that's a uh, Renee Paquette. That's a uh, John Moxley's wife. Uh, okay. So you could tell she had one dusty story and she tried yeah. to turn it into a good thing. <laughs> Did you catch Dolph Ziggler's? I saw Ziggler, but I don't know that I internalized what he said. Just a, just a poignant ringing endorsement. He says he will always be remembered oh. for being as good as he was. <laughs> Thanks Great. Dolph. Yeah. You know what? So will fucking all of us. Yeah. If you're mediocre, yeah. you're you're remembered for being as good as you were. You're just as good, just as good as you ever were. You know. D- Dusty was as good as he was. Yep. Thanks, um, Dolph. Point that smile again. They have Mario Menounos and Dusty Rhodes together backstage before like one of the Hall of Fame things. Yeah. And man, like. Dusty Rhodes is standing there, and you're cutting Dusty Rhodes' most famous promo. Yeah, and you're not, you're not fucking nailing it. And he's yeah. got to stand there, and they're like, "No, do it, Maria. Do the do the promo." And she's like, "Tried. It's not Maria Menounos' fault. Nobody could have won in that situation." But it just hurts my feelings to watch it because everybody comes across bad in this thing. I had a little bit of secondhand embarrassment. I was gonna shit on her. Uh on her um impression but i gotta give it to her man she at least remembered the textile workers she remembered the 30 yeah. years and a watch she remembered like and she was doing it to the dream you know I, you know how many times i would have fumbled trying to do that shit in front of dusty yeah. rose i wouldn't have tried to do that shit in front of Dusty yeah. Rose. she's put in an unwinnable situation yeah. <laughs> like, and I've, I've heard pretty decent person marina menounos uh, yeah that seems cool yeah from all the- uh but yeah, I had a little bit of secondhand embarrassment for her trying to do the fucking hard times promo to the guy who yeah. did the hard times promo. Um, and, uh, it's like Tiger Woods watching my golf swing, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Come look. No, check it out. I, I swing just yeah. like you. Remember nineteen ninety eight Masters? <laughs> I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the arm swing <laughs> at the end. Fucking wreck um, that shit. So yeah, the flare promo or the flare interview was nice, and then the, at a particular point i you know flair was looked up to dusty dusty was his hero yeah wrestling and you could tell that in spite of the fact that he's still rick flair and he's like got that internal thing to fucking be the man or whatever like some of the earnestness does get out it escapes through the void you know and he gets to he, he does a nice tribute to his friend uh they inducted dusty into the hall of fame in 2007 Cody and Dustin did the induction, which was cool. And then he worked in NXT uh, for a few years, helping people. And at the end of the documentary, he said he wants to be remembered as an entertainer, 
uh, that if you spent your money on Dusty Rhodes, if it was the last money you had and you had no money in the uh, for gas and you had no money for food, and he goes, I don't want to do the whole hard times promo again. Yeah. But uh, it's still true, you know? He's like, if you went and spent your money and for two hours I can make you forget about all that and at the end of the night I, you're, there's a smile on your face because you saw the American dream, you know, that I did my job. I'm like, Fucking Dusty Rhodes, man. Dusty, right. Dusty, he did do his job. Yeah, so... Uh, they're good. The again, the second one is a little bit of like nobody needs to see the Maria Menounos uh, hard times promo. Funeral director Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> yeah, just very somber Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie McMahon as a Stepford wife. Like you know, you don't have to see any of that stuff. I guess the only thing is the Flair thing, just to see how yeah. Flair talks about him. It's like towards the back half of it. Um. That's really good. But other than that, it's pretty much a watered, like a cut down version of the first one with Stephanie talking. Yeah. <laughs> with Stephanie's avatar speaking on her behalf. I know. Uh, so uh, that is it for the documentaries. Oh, Stephen Regal. Stephen Regal talked a lot about how much he loved Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yeah. Big fan. And how he, Dusty gave him a job and he helped come up with the Regal character. And like, and he, he signed his work visa. Yeah. And told him you know you owe me one and all the like clearly an emo at the end he's clearly emotional when he's doing the they're doing the goodbye segments for dusty yeah like uh steven regal quality quality person i love steven regal and uh john cena had some good things to say as well yeah there's, there's some, some so there's a, there's some good stuff in it but uh we will <laughs> we will quickly move to pop culture for this week i chose June 21st, 1981, which is the date that Dusty Rose won the second of his three NWA World Heavyweight titles from Harley Race. Uh, I didn't pick the one from 1979 because the number one movie that week was the reissue of Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't the Star Wars of wrestling? <laughs> no. that's uh, But our number one movie this week is a movie that I do not believe you have seen. Uh, that also has a bit of controversy. It is Superman 2, starring Christopher Reeve. No. 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 Uh, it is credited as a Richard Lester movie, uh, even though Richard Donner... So, uh, Superman 2 is the first movie, I believe, where they decided to film both of them together. One and two, they filmed at the same time. And then they released one and then went and finished two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Donner directed the first Superman movie and then got in a fight with a studio over Superman 2, so they took him out and brought in this other guy to do the rest of the movie. They took him out as if they had, like, an assassin fucking... Yeah, yeah. The, they they removed him from the picture. Uh, and the guy who wrote the God... piano wire. Yeah, the guy who wrote uh, Godfather also worked on this script, so say, take from that what you will. Never heard uh, of it? Yeah, uh, so Rich, Richard Lester gets the credit for this movie because they went back and reshot a bunch of it so that he can uh, be credited as the director. And he is also the guy that was given credit for some of the more silly aspects of Superman 2. Did he, did he release a four-hour black-and-white version? No, there is a Donner cut version of, of the movie, there. though. <laughs> With, Dude, history uh, just repeats itself, don't it? Yeah, there's tons of flat circle, my man. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, it was a big hit. It cost $54 million. 
Made $190 million in 1981 money, uh, which is huge. That's insane. $54 yeah. million dollars in 1981 to build, to make a movie? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so that – but they did, they, even then they did not listen to your request, Andrew. Running time of Superman 2, hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> Hey, that's an hour 27 minutes. Not bad. That's not too bad. Uh, all right. Our top 10 for 1981. I'm going to say that you have seen two of these movies. It's only, only two. Okay. In 81. Uh, number one grossing movie of the year. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones. Eight snakes. I maybe. I don't know. The one with the big ball at the I, at the beginning. It's not gonna help. No. I, I know the big ball scene, but I don't know. Like yeah. I, I I watched an Indiana Jones movie or two when I was like six. Uh, so sure. I don't know. What about he fights the sword man? I'm gonna just keep naming scenes from the movie. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, I know you I know are. You hate that. I know you <laughs> yeah. are. Uh, number two on Golden Pond. I've never even fucking heard of that. Yeah, it's an old timey movie. Uh. You stop me if you've seen one of these movies. So, Superman 2, Arthur, Stripes, The Cannonball Run. Not Cannonball Run, The Cannonball Run. Chariots of Fire. I may have seen Stripes. Stripes is a Bill Murray movie. That's the other one I had my money on. I don't think so, but I may have seen it. Because it's Harold Ramis. But anyway, Sean Young's crazy ass. Yeah. Uh, for your eyes only, James Bond movie. Not for you. Not for your eyes. No. Uh, the Four Seasons. Probably not the band. I don't know what that movie's about. Uh, number ten, Clash of the Titans. No. That's a big O swing and a miss for 1981. Yeah, I don't like 1981. No, there's nothing. <laughs> it's got nothing for you. Nope. Um, the number one album this week i don't know enough about this band i the thing i know about this band would would upset this band uh but the number one album is it's called high infidelity bro no wow man uh the band is reo speedwagon fucking yuck city yeah um this album contains the singles keep on loving you which is a pretty dope song uh Take it and take it on the run. Don't let him go. And in your letter, I don't know any of those other songs. Oh, I uh, love in your letter. In your letter is a great song. Really? Yeah, it really Dude, is. It's fucking so strange. Said you never leave it. <laughs> it's fucking good. It's fucking good. So, have you listened to High Infidelity then? No, I just know that song. All right, uh, you. I know so the fourth aware... single off of that <laughs> song. I was gonna say, do you know Keep on Loving You? I don't know. That's a that's a jam right there. Uh, Roll with the changes, I think, is probably the best REO Speedwagon song. Um, but this album sold ten million copies, probably yeah, based on the strength of four year le- or in your letter. Uh, it's, a, it's a banger, it really is. So the thing I know about REO Speedwagon is that their guitar player, I think, is Rick Ocasek. He produced the first Weezer album, the Blue album. So goddamn, yeah. He remains in my heart forever for doing that for me. Uh, that's a that's a nice uh, feather in your cap. 
Yeah. It's a great album. <laughs> um, the the last great Weezer album. No, I'm just kidding. I liked Pinkerton. Uh, I liked the Green album. I like Maladroit. See, I think the Green album's pretty good. I agree with the yeah, Pat, Pat Finnerty hated it, but yeah, I agree with him that all the guitar solos just follow the melody line. But like for pop songs, they're like they're pretty fun pop songs. No, I yeah, I really liked it. I, I liked the um, Green album a lot. But I think that's it for me. Maladroit, Don't Knows is a pretty fun song, but I don't think I ever listened to Maladroit, so the whole album. So I have nothing to really say about I it. I did. I can't remember all of it, but I, I had a I had a, a good, nice little Weezer run when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, by Make Believe, I was out. So, and have returned sporadically based on how good the singles are off of the Weezer album. I'll be like, all right, that song's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh, a whole Weezer album, I'd be hard-pressed to remember yep. the last time I listened to a whole one. Um, our number one song this week is a song that I have never heard um, called Betty Davis Eyes by a lady named Kim Carnes. Nope. Not nope. even going to look it up. However, before that, a banger-ass song by one Mr. Daryl Hall and John Oates, Kiss on My List. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll give him uh, that one. And "Morning Train" nine to five by Sheena Easton. You know that song? I don't My think so. baby, takes oh yeah, the morning train nine and five and then yeah, yep. Uh, I think I think then, Homer sang that song, and that's how I know that song. <laughs> yeah, and then a couple weeks from now, "Fucking Jesse's Girl" by Rick Springfield is the number one single. So get out of the way. Yeah, you got you to make way for Jesse's Girl. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the success of Jesse's Girl. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, uh, in our movie list, 1981 on June the 7th, a movie that 1981 might be able to entice you with, Cheech and Chong's Nice Dreams. Dan's not here, man. I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's from that movie. but I think that's up in smoke. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very bizarre to go back. Like you know, that's my why I like this portion of the podcast. But it's weird to go back and be like, "Yeah, Cheech and Chong had the number one movie," uh, and then it was Superman two, and that was <laughs> cleared it out. So yeah, you know, Superman two. I bet that movie stinks. <laughs> uh, it's the it. Like it starts good. I think the Richard Donner part of it is good, and then the Richard Lester parts are not as good. Like he gives Superman powers that aren't, uh, like have that have never been established before, and they're just it's bizarre that they come out in this movie. So it's like he could take the S out of his suit and then throw it at people like a shield. Uh, and they wanted the studio wanted it to be a little more comedic because that's always the note they give. And so there's like some really stupid uh, comedic beats in that movie where it's like, hey, man, I mean, write a clever movie, have jokes in your movie. But like, I don't need Superman doing slapstick. I go to a different movie if I want to see that. I'll watch Thor. huh? Yeah. Not every movie has to be this. <laughs> not every movie has to have every movie in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's it. We learned about Dusty Roads. We traveled down the roads. We dined with kings and queens. We dined on pork and beans. And uh, we've overcome the hard times. I love the man. I really yeah. do. 
He's the best. And uh, I believe next week we'll come back. We'll have the look at the matches between him, uh, him and Ric Flair. Matches and promos uh, from their rivalry in the 80s. And then, have you packed your bags, Andrew? Are you ready? Well, I think I think uh, hell needs to pack its bags. Uh, <laughs> look, if I'm going to Frog, I don't want to go alone to Frogtown. Yeah, and I don't want to come unprepared to goddamn Frogtown. <laughs> yeah, you, so, you don't want to. No, so I had to make. I had to call you. You various wart creams. Yeah, I had to call Jacob. Then I had to make a special call. A little place called Hell because we're watching it. Roddy Roddy Piper stars in Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be bad, I bet. But uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's the secret. <laughs> what if it's the secret Godfather too? You know, and uh, it's just <laughs> just been buried under bad press for years. Uh, I'm I'm excited. Yes, yeah, the Pinkerton of Rowdy Piper albums <laughs> or Rowdy Piper movies. You know. Where you're like, actually, it's good. Yeah, there's a critical reevaluation that needs to happen for Hell Comes to Frogtown. So uh, that's it. Andrew dropped the socials at the top. Uh, we will be back next week because Kayfabe may be dead, but we're alive. Watch Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes uh, at the Snart Marks podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye bye.